day 82 of Shaped by the Word. Um, this falls in, the, in our reading order on Friday. It may not hit you on Friday. But uh, we're doing as we are in the habit of doing. We're leading you to a, a nice place where we're going to leave you hanging for the rest <laughs> of the weekend. So we come to the place as Moses is, uh, you know, in God's presence, seeking, you know, atonement and mercy from God for a people who have violated the heart of a covenant in a grievous way by uh, not only not uh, worshiping the Lord their God and worshiping Him only, but making an image and uh, falling down before that. And not only that, they are worshiping Him. You know, the uh, passage used, the English translation, is the word revelry, which is uh, in, in ways that are dishonoring everything about who God is and dishonoring their neighbor as well, complete abuse, mm-hmm. you know, of those around them. And so we come, you know, to uh, chapter 33, and as we come to chapter 33, it's in the wake of what has just happened, you know, with the, the golden calf, and we see God bringing the people back together and continuing to form them. And so in 33, uh, Moses will ask God to show him his glory, and so we're going to leave you hanging all weekend uh, before we introduce you to the glory of God. But this mm-hmm. is a beautiful introduction to it mm-hmm. in chapter 33. So before we read this chapter, Matt, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for for the grace we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you for um, thank you for the story of of Exodus, the the reminder of what you've done to rescue a people for yourself and and then the greater reminder of what you've done in Christ Jesus to rescue us uh, to yourself father we ask that as we read this and and spend time in Exodus 33 today uh, God that you would encourage us uh, that you would remind us of your goodness and um, and father that your your glory would be uh, very real to us in, in this moment father we ask this in the name of Jesus in his name we pray. Amen. I failed to sell this, say this in so many podcasts, but I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy Kemp and David Keefe and uh, Matt Kresge. <laughs> Exodus 33, Then the Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go to the land I promised on an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites you are a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you even for a moment, I might destroy you. Then take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. Now Moses used uh, to take uh, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tent, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay on the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood up and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. 
Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you've found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand, and you'll see my back, but my face you must not see. And there we are, leaving you hanging for the weekend. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't read ahead. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and both a tender moment and, and a hard moment. Uh, this is... Uh, the aftermath, you know, of, of the golden calf, as we've talked about in our introduction, and we we, we kind of kid ourselves, even though we, we are people of much grace, that uh, we can easily get over uh, the lasting impact of sin, and 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 we cannot. Even Paul would say, you know, in uh, to the New Galatians, don't be deceived that you uh, always end up reaping what you have sown. If we sow to please God. Uh, so to so to please the spirit from the spirit we reap life, but if we so to please ourselves uh, from the flesh, we we, we reap de- death. Mm. And, and so God, there are always lingering effects of sin. There's always great grace in the presence of God, but sin uh, will have its impact. Well, how many times? Is he going to call them a stiff-necked people? <laughs> so we see that again. Uh, probably again, until again. they stop being a stiff-necked people. <laughs> That's right. You know, which is uh, you know the, the the character of you know the character of humanity in light of, right. uh, in light of the fall. You know, mm-hmm. something we can uh, you know we we can recognize in ourselves as well Absolutely. that uh, we are we are so stubborn. I mean, we're 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 so quick you know to identify some you know godly things that we want to do and you know and are, mm-hmm. and are easy for us to do and we you know gratefully do but there are places where God confronts us that we resist mm-hmm. and uh, we prove to be a stiff-necked people as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have to love though that even though Israel is a stiff-necked people, you know, twofold right here in this couple of paragraphs, um, you get this note in verse 1 of 33, then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place you and the people um, you brought up out of Egypt and go up to the land I promise on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, we've, we've been talking about this drama of Scripture unfolding and how mm-hmm. central those promises were mm-hmm. that God made to Abraham. And, and here, God again has not forgotten his promises. I mean, we're we're a long time removed from those promises that God made to Abraham. And yet at the same time, God's still, you know, fulfilling these promises that he made. And he's finally beginning to or he has been, but he's he's bringing these people to the land that he promised. Um, and so, even the fact that Israel is stiff-necked won't keep God from, mm-hmm. you know, fulfilling the promise He made to Abraham. You have to love, and we didn't bring this out, you know, in the previous podcast. But uh, 
where God is referring to the people as the people you brought up yeah. out, out of the yeah. land of Egypt. And yeah. uh, Moses in the middle of this reminds him, Lord, don't forget these are your people. Right. And of course mm-hmm. the Lord hasn't you know, forgotten. And this is not something that you know Moses needs to remind him of. But again, you see a test of the heart of Moses. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, remember you know, that these are my people? And of course, you even see that a little bit in, in, in the way that he, you know, he talks about, and I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion on, and mercy on whom I'll have mercy on. And, and Paul will quote this in a famous difficult passage in Romans chapter 9. We'll get to there a little bit later. <laughs> and I do love that next section. Um, we, we do remember that the nation of Israel is God's people. They were chosen. Um, you know, with a purpose. But I love what um, Moses is saying. Um, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Mm-hmm. And I love that because um, they they were a chosen people. God had um, selected them. They were to be distinguished from, you know, the other nations. And they needed that needed to be seen. You know, they can, they needed to continue to have the presence and the fellowship of the Lord with them. And, and what should be the distinguishing mark of God's people in all times and all places, or what should be the distinguishing mark, you know, of us? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's God's presence mm-hmm. with yeah. us. And of course, where God is present, uh, you will see the graces that come with God's presence. You'll yeah. see a transformed people. You'll see a missional people. Mm-hmm. You'll see a, a worshiping people. Uh, all of the signs of his presence with us. And of course, that's what the world needs to see. Uh, you know, I remember, you know, when we remember when Paul is instructing the Corinths on how to kind of clean up worship services, which, you know, he tells them your, your gatherings do more harm than good. That's really bad, yeah. you know, when a church, you know, gets to, you know, gets to that point. Mm-hmm. And, and he talks about the, prof, you know, the, the importance of bringing the word of God back to the center, the gift of prophecy, you know, back you know, to the center. Mm -hmm. And he says, when people uh, come into your presence, they'll be convicted of their sin and they'll leave saying, surely God was in this place. Mm -hmm. And of course, that ought to be a a mark of the church Mm -hmm. that people recognize his presence. I love that. I love too, in verse 14, the Lord replied, my my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the Lord himself who is the one who can give us rest. And, And we mentioned this on a previous podcast, but you think of the words of Jesus and that invitation, you know, mm-hmm. come to me, you know, everyone who's a stiff-necked people, you know, essentially, you know, but everyone who yeah. is weary and burdened, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the invitation is, and I will give you rest, you know, and and, and so here you have God, I mean, tell him, my presence will go with you, and I'm the one who gives rest, you know, yeah. just will mm-hmm. they, my people be my people. And, and come to me? from a leadership perspective, you, you see this, <laughs> he's offering rest to uh, you know, a man who is leading, you know, a million people, you know, approximately, or most of whom are stiff-necked and are doing their own things. And you can imagine the leadership tensions, you know, that that would have, you know, created mm-hmm. because that's the context. So you, you've called me to lead this people. Uh, and uh, he's saying, even in the middle of that, I can give you rest. I'm weary and burdened. Yes. Yeah. Anyone who's thinks they have a hard job you should compare it to Moses and I realize that God can give us rest even in the middle of the difficulties of all of the conflict and everything going on around and us you love right before that when that's when you know Moses is reminding God that God already knew that you know this nation is your people and 
I think it's always a good reminder as well in leadership and then leading people. It's, yeah, we've been called to care for and, and shepherd and and pray for, but these are God's people, right? And it's in that kind of admission that we can kind of find that rest and peace as yep. a and of course, I'm thinking, what a great time to give them back to God. Yeah. <laughs> they're just really, they're going in every different direction. They're you know, deeply displeasing God. They're your people, God. You know, by the way, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of times we, you know, at appropriate times, you know, treat God's people as if they were our people. And then other times we just yeah, want to we well. give them, yeah, yeah we want to give them right back. It's going bad. All these are yeah. well, And that's the whole joke, right? Of like, when you read the story of Moses, you're like, man, I want this. Like Moses says, show me your glory. And God says, okay, I'll cause this to happen. And we're like, I want, I want that. You know, Moses mm-hmm. gets to meet with God in the tent of meeting. I want that. But no one wants Moses' ministry. You know, no, there, there, there's, there's no doubt. And that we ought to mention what a beautiful, you know, description, yeah. uh, you know, of the tent of meeting. You know, God's presence would settle over the tent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as the two met. And, of course, the people would be in awe, you know, of Moses as he walked toward the tent. And they would stand up. And then when the presence settled on the tent, they, they would worship. But what a, what a nice little description, uh, you know, uh, we have you know, picking up in verse, uh, you know, 12. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, what a wonderful privilege in these circumstances to have with the living God, which of course is a privilege we've been given. Mm-hmm. Jesus would say on the night before he is crucified, I no longer call you my servants, but my my friends. Because a servant does not know everything that is on his master's heart. And then he goes on and said, greater love has no man than this. And he lays mm-hmm. down his life for his friends. And, and what a beautiful privilege uh, we have, a friendship mm-hmm. with the living God. Absolutely. And you have to like uh, young Joshua. They said, I'm, I'm not going back to the real world. I just want to hang here. And you hear with him just kind of an echo of Peter. Let's mm-hmm. build three tabernacles mm-hmm. up here. I love it. All right, and a long pregnant pause. Well, more could be us said. The, yeah, <laughs> us, we'll, we'll say say more. Oh, well, I was going to say what I really the takeaway for me that I love is Moses asking if he could see the very face of God, but God saying, "You cannot see my face, for no one may see it and live." And of course, that just there again just speaks to the holiness of God that that no one can place their sight on his, the holiness His majesty, of his holiness, and his yeah. glory is so great that mm-hmm. it would undo every molecule yeah. in our body, you know, uh, to see him, and yet in, in imminence, he has mm-hmm. reached down and he has made himself known to us. And, and of course, the privileges we have is beyond the privilege that even Moses had mm-hmm. as a you know, mediator you know, between God and, and, and his people, so mm-hmm. it, is a, it is a great privilege. Father, we thank you for another week in the Word. Uh, we pray that you'll be with us this weekend as we continue to meditate on Scripture mm-hmm. and as we come together as your people uh, at your invitation uh, to worship you and to encourage one another uh, with the gifts that you have given us and to be shaped by your word. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.